الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا ايها الذين امنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رب صائم ليس له من صيامه الا الجوع ورب قائم ليس له من قيامه الا السحر رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين my dear respected elders and brothers very very fortunate indeed are we that allah subhanahu wa taala has once again granted us the opportunity to witness and to benefit from this mubarak month of ramadan comes in the hadith nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that if the people only knew the believers knew what there is in the month of ramadan they will wish and they would hope that the entire year was the month of ramadan or the entire year was ramadan in the hadith nabi nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said awwaluhu rahma the first part of ramadan is where mercy is descended wa awsatuhu maghfira and the second part the second 10 days of the month of ramadan is the that that those days where the forgiveness of allah subhanahu wa taala takes place many pe- many people are forgiven many people are freed of the gunas and sin wa akhiruhu ikum min al-niran and the last 10 days nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam says is people are freed from the fire of jahannam commentators of the hadith explain and they say in the first 10 days when a person exerts himself in the ibadat of allah subhanahu wa taala and he draws from the mercies of allah subhanahu wa taala then he becomes worthy of the forgiveness of allah subhanahu wa taala in the second 10 days and when he perseveres and he continues with his toba istighfar ibadat etc then by the end of the month of ramadan towards the last 10 days of the month of ramadan he now receives the guarantee and the certificate of freedom from the fire of jahannam it all depends on how a person spends his month of ramadan how a person carries himself out how he exerts himself and how much of enthusiasm he shows towards the obedience to the command of allah subhanahu wa taala and towards the ibadat in the month of ramadan in fact in the hadith nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that allah subhanahu wa taala yanzurullahu taala ila tanafusikum fihi wa yubahi bihi almalaika that allah subhanahu wa taala looks at your vying with one another your competition with one another in order to do good 
in order to excel and in order to surpass one another in doing good amals. And not only that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks highly of that person in the gathering of the angels that look at my banda, look at my servant, how he's trying, how much of effort he's making. He's fasting during the day, he's standing up for taraweeh at night, he's waking up for tahajjud salah, he's making dua at the time of sehri, he's making dua at the time of iftar. Look at how much he's exerting himself, so much of the tilawat of the Quran, etc. This is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks proudly of his banda, of his servant in the gatherings of the, of the angels also. This is the month when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he decorates Jannah, closes the doors of Jannah, of Jahannam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decorates Jannat every day in preparation for the coming of that fasting banda of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that eventually he is going to leave behind all the trials of the dunya and he is going to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for all the sacrifices and the good that he has done and showing that obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for him in Jannat such a beautiful place that no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard of, and no mind can ever imagine and fathom. But it is important for us to understand that the month will come and the month will leave. Each person, it depends or has to take it upon himself, depends on his own enthusiasm, depends on how much he is going to exert himself in order to draw from the mercy and the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The very famous hadith that we hear all the time in, ta- in Talim, and it's often quoted also, when Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam climbed onto the mimbar once, and on each step he said, Ameen. On the first step he said, Ameen. On the second step he said, Ameen. On the third step he said, Ameen. Sahaba Ikram later asked Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because they were very, very, uh, you know, uh, observant of what Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to do. So they once, they asked Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that uh, we have noticed that today when you climbed onto the mimbar at each step you said, Ameen, what was the reason for that? So Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that when I climbed onto the first step, Hazrat Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam came to me and he said that destruction and most unfortunate is that person, destruction be to that person and most unfortunate is that, uh, that person who gets the month of Ramadan but fails to get himself forgiven in the courts of Allah. In other words, he didn't benefit from the month of Ramadan. And upon that, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said, Ameen, as though he is putting a stamp on the curse of Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam. On the second step, Jibreel Amin uh, came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he said that woe to that person and destruction be to that person who hears the name of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa and he fails to say sallallahu alayhi wa He fails to send durood upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Ulama explain and they say generally in a gathering like this, at least once, we should say it is wajib for us to say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And on every time that we hear his name, it is better for us, it is preferable for us, that whenever we hear the name of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that we send durood upon him. And this will bring us great rewards for every time that you send durood upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa you get ten blessings and mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that descends upon him. On the third step, Jibreel alayhi salatu wa salam said, that destruction be 
to that person who gains either of his parents, either both the parents or either of them in their old age, and he fails to serve them, and he fails to get the reward and forgiveness through service to the parents. And unfortunately today you'll find many people very uh, neglectful regarding their parents. They don't care about the father or they don't care about the mother. They feel that if they are just paying the rent and doing some little chores for their mothers and their fathers, they've done enough. We can never ever repay them for the sacrifices that they have made for us. Nevertheless, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, most unfortunate is the person who gains the month of Ramadan, but due to his negligence, due to his complacency, and the don't care attitude and that free attitude of his, he does not earn the blessings and rewards that he's supposed to have earned in the month of Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala has granted us such a great opportunity. It will be most foolish on our part to remain neglectful of this beautiful month of Ramadan. As we mentioned that if we only knew the rewards and the blessings and the barakah that descends in this month, we would wish and hope that the entire year was the month of Ramadan. So basically few things that we have to keep in mind. Basic few amals, the basic uh, responsibilities and obligations that we have. And inshallah if we keep in mind these few basic obligations and responsibilities, then we will benefit from this beautiful month of Ramadan. The first thing is that we all have to fast. That is farz. That is the, actually the highlight of the month of Ramadan also. شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِي الْقُرْآنَ هُدًا لِلنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتٍ مِّنَ الْهُدَى وَالْفُرْقَانِ فَمَنْ شَهِدَ مِنْكُمُ الشَّهْرَ فَلْيَسُمْ Whoever witnesses the month of Ramadan, then it is incumbent upon him, it is necessary, it is compulsory that he must fast. Unfortunately, you'll find that it's becoming a trend amongst many persons on flimsy excuses not to fast. Flimsy excuses they will make not not to fast. Ulama explain and they say that if you do have an ailment, you do have a sickness, whatever it is, then you have to get the opinion of a pious Muslim doctor who will say that you cannot fast. His opinion will be valid. You cannot go to a non-Muslim. You cannot go to a non-Muslim doctor and take his opinion because he doesn't understand the value of Ramadan. He doesn't understand the value of one fast, one roza. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam regarding one fast, one roza has said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward a person for one fast to this extent that if you take this whole world and fill it up with gold fill this whole world, not only this building or this masjid not only this town or this country but the whole world you fill it up with gold the value that it, that it will accumulate or the value that it will be billions and trillions of dollars or rands, whatever it is, one roza is more valuable than that also. In another hadith, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep you away from the fire of Jahannam to that extent, to that distance that if a crow has to fly from birth to death, the distance that it will fly Further than that, Allah will keep you away from Jahannam. And commentators of the hadith say that Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa used the example of a crow because it is one of those birds that has the longest lifespan. And it, and it can fly for, dist- for, for very long distances also. 
So a person who keeps one rosa, imagine what great reward there is. It is beyond our imagination. Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a hadith of Qudsi said, As-sawmu li wa ana ajzibi. Fasting is for me and I personally will reward the person for his fasting. Why is fasting referred to as an ibadat solely and only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It is because there is very little riya and show involved in fasting. Nobody can say who is fasting here and who is not fasting. Who had a sip of water just before they came to the masjid? Who had a plate of food? Especially the women folk, they go through a very great test. They are the ones preparing all the food. And they are the ones preparing all the, sa- all the savories. But out of consciousness for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will not even put one morsel of food in their mouth. So this in, self, in itself shows how much of sincerity and how much of ikhlas there is in, in this ibadat and in fasting. Therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, As-sawmuli, fasting is for me, wa ana ajzibi, and I personally will reward this person for his fasting. When a person keeps roza in the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reserved a special entrance for him into Jannah which is known as Babur Rayyan. No other person will enter that door except the person that fasted in the month of Ramadan. Now look at all these ahadiths of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What great value there is to one roza, one fasting. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in one hadith, which makes mention of fasting also, but before that it says, Man qala la ilaha illallah, khutima lahu biha dakhal al-jannah. A person who says La ilaha illallah and his end comes upon that. In other words, he passes away upon the kalima, will go straight into Jannah. See, Man kana akhiru kalamihi La ilaha illallah dakhal al-jannah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever's last words are the kalima, that person will go straight into Jannah. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man sama yawman ibtigha'a wajhillah khutima lahu bihi dakhal al-jannah. That whosoever fasts even for one day, and his end comes upon that. In other words, he passes away either whilst fasting or just after fasting, after iftar, whatever. But he passes away upon that. He will go straight into Jannah. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man tasaddaka bisabi sadaqatim ibtigha'a wajhillah khutima lahu biha dakhal al-jannah. Whosoever gives a little bit of sadaqah, gives some charity, seeking the pleasure of Allah, sincerely for the sake of Allah, and his end comes upon that, inshallah he will go straight into Jannah. Just this comes to mind now, not very long ago, a few months ago, one of our prominent businessmen, this was mentioned by his family members, that he had given some sadaqah to a gardener. Given that sadaqah, then he went to sit on the garden bench and he passed away. Keeping in mind this hadith, this hadith is so fitting on his last moments of his life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him that jannah. He gave that sadaqah to the gardener, sat on the garden bench there, and his ruh came out, he passed away. And here Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, whoever's, whoever's last moments is after giving some sadaqah, that person will go straight into jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us jannah like that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us an ending like that also. That we leave this world with the kalima upon our lips. We leave this world in a state of fasting. We leave this world after doing some good amas, good, good, good deeds. We have mentioned this many a times in the past hadith where Sahaba Ikram used to make dua and they say, 
اج الخیر عمری آخر ہو و خیر عملی خواتیم ہو و خیر ایامی یوم القا کفی دیٹ او اللہ میک دا لاسٹ پارٹ آف مائی لائف دا بیسٹ پارٹ آف مائی لائف دیٹ ایز وی گیٹنگ کلوزر ٹو دا قبر وی گیٹ کلوزر ٹو اللہ سبحان و تعالی اینڈ او اللہ میک دا لاسٹ آف مائی ایکشنز دا بیسٹ آف مائی ایکشنز دیٹ بیفور آئی لیو دس ورلڈ آئی مسٹ بی ان سچ اے ڈیڈ آئی مسٹ ڈو سچ اے ڈیڈ I must be in such amal or such action that Allah is pleased, is pleased with me. We should not leave this world in a condition that Allah is displeased with us. وَخَيْرَ أَيَّامِ يَوْمَ الْقَاكَ فِي And O Allah, let the best of my days be that day when I will stand before you and I will meet you, O my Allah. So as we were mentioning, that a non-Muslim doctor cannot understand the virtues of fasting. He doesn't know the value of fasting. And generally a doctor that is not inclined to deen, he might be a Muslim but is not inclined to deen. And he doesn't know the value of fasting etc. He will perhaps give you some uh, remedy or give you some advice which will perhaps take you away from fasting whereas you could have fasted. So you go to a pious Muslim doctor and you discuss your problem with him and let him give you the best of advice and you will go according to that. But we shouldn't on flimsy excuses leave out fasting. Some people on the excuse of working, some people on little, little excuses, you know, little, and all of a sudden in the month of Ramadan, everybody's ulcers start. Nobody has ulcers throughout the year, but in Ramadan, ulcers start, and this start, and that start. We are making flimsy excuses not to fast. And it is and very sad to say, it has become a trend amongst many youngsters who are going to, to university, etc. They're going to university not fasting. They're not keeping rosa at all, not even waking up for seh, for sehri. Even if they're fasting, they're breaking their rosas on flimsy, flimsy excuses. Whereas this Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, a person who breaks one rosa, or a person who leaves out one fast in the month of Ramadan, even if he has to fast in compensation for it for the rest of his life, he will not be able to get that same benefit and the rewards that he would have got while fasting in that month of Ramadan. So let us take heed of this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayu al-ladhin amanu kutiba alaykum usiyamu kama kutiba alal-ladhin min qablikum la'allakum tattakun. Remember, fasting should not be regarded as a burden. It is a hukam and a command of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us this institute of fasting, this ibadat. Allah has granted us this, la'allakum tattakun, so that we may become Allah conscious. A person who fasts, Solely and only for the pleasure of Allah tends to become very conscious of Allah. We all can see in the month of Ramadan how conscious we are that whilst we are fasting, we do not want to speak evil, we don't want to see evil, we, don't, we try to avoid hearing evil. So many homes, Alhamdulillah, ma- MashaAllah, that Pandora box, that Dajjal, one-eyed television is, is put off. Make dua that you throw it out of the house also, inshallah, and get rid of it com- completely from the house also. So many, many homes, they won't even put on the television also. Why? Because they become more conscious of Allah. The fasting and the rosa, especially in the month of Ramadan, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّكُونَ You become more conscious and more Allah-fearing in the month of Ramadan. Such great benefits to fasting. Every home, every home there should be the environment of fasting, the environment of Ramadan. From the little boy, little child, right up to the father, the mother, the grandfather, there should be this environment of rosa, environment of ibadat and tilawat of Quran in that home. Just like how the masla is in the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that when your child is seven years old you must command him to perform his salah. 
And when the child is 10 years of age, you must reprimand him and make him read his salah. So that by the time he's baligh and he's, uh, he's mature, by that time, salah is part of his life. It is part of his, his system. He will not miss out and leave out salah. In a similar manner, for roza and for fasting, parents should encourage their children from a young age to start fasting. Alhamdulillah, in our nursery, preschool too, you'll find children fasting. Inshallah, your child won't die. Many parents, undue, unnecessary, you know, fears they have. They say, no, my father, my child won't manage. You already negative from the word go. Be, be positive. Give your children targheeb. Give them encouragement. It is reported in the ahadith. It's in Hayatul Sahaba also. That Sahaba Kiram, to make the children fast, they used to encourage them with little, little toys. With little, little items they used to give them when they feel hungry to keep their minds off the stomach and, and not for, for them not to break the fast. They used to encourage the children to fast. So let us encourage our children, reward them if they, want, if they are fasting, reward them, give them some encouragement and let them get used to the idea of, fa- of fasting. It is the, one of the most important duties and responsibilities or obligations upon each and every believer in the month of Ramadan that we keep rosa and we keep, we keep fast. This comes to mind also now that we should give our women folk targheeb. That due to haze and nifas, they have missed the fast of the previous Ramadans or any other Ramadan. After Ramadan, to make kaza of those. Even in this Ramadan, if they miss any of the fast due to haze and nifas, after Ramadan, to catch up with those fasts. Many women folk are unmindful about it. They think it's nothing wrong. The masla for, for salah and for fasting is different in this matter. Every roza that they miss, Every fast that they miss due to haze and nifas, the qaza of it has to be made after Ramadan. So we should encourage them after Ramadan, whatever rosas they have missed, that they should keep that rosa and they should cover up those, uh, those fasts. Second very important point is that of being particular with our five-time daily salah. Imagine on the one side, mashallah, you are fasting, you woke up for sehri, you had a good meal, mashallah, for sehri, but then you jump back in the bed and you go to sleep without reading your Fajr Salah. What type of consciousness of Allah is that? Understand that just like fasting is farz and compulsory upon you, like that your five times daily Salah is farz and compulsory. There is no choice in the matter. It's not that you have a choice that either sleep or read. No, you, there's, no there's no choice in the matter. You have to read your Fajr Salah. So therefore, after the, the Seri, spend a little time getting ready or tilawat of Quran, whatever it is, and then come to the masjid and read salah with jamaat. Let us become particular with salah, of our salah with jamaat. Many of us busy having iftar, you know, having a good iftar at home, and we don't read our maghrib salah. We don't read our maghrib salah. Therefore, it is best... So in order for you not to miss your salah with jamaat, it is best for you that you break your roza in the masjid. Have a kajur date or if there's other arrangements made by all means. And you break your fast in the masjid because many of us are staying far away. So that you can read your maghrib salah with jamaat. So five times salah, the men, it is important, it is necessary that you read salah in the masjid with jamaat. Women folk should be encouraged to read the salah on time at home. What a Mubarak month. If a person cannot be particular with his five times salah with jamaat in the masjid in the month of Ramadan, then how is he going to read his salah out of Ramadan? 
In this Mubarak month, you can't do it. How are you going to do it after the month of Ramadan? So let us become particular with our five times salah in the month of Ramadan. Then also very, very important is the tilawat of Qur'an. This is Shahrul Qur'an. Shahrul Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an. We have to, each one of us have this zeal in us, this enthusiasm to make as many khatams of the Qur'an as we can. How many we can do, which we should do. Those of us that are fluent in the reading of the Qur'an, set some goals for ourselves, then let us make as many khatams of the Qur'an as we can do. Minimum right of the Qur'an is that at least two khatams of the Qur'an has to be made for the year. One in the month of Ramadan and one for the rest of the year. That's the minimum right of the Qur'an. Otherwise the Qur'an is going to complain against us. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا On the day of Qiyamah also, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will complain against us. We all desire and we hope and we want the intercession of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is what we hope and we desire for. But imagine on the day of Qiyamah, you're standing there, and instead of interceding on your behalf, Rasulullah sallallahu is complaining against you. وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ And the Rasul will say, إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا My people, they had shunned the Qur'an. They had left the Qur'an one side. We'll complain against us on the day of Qiyamah. So let us become particular with the tilawat of the Qur'an. Those of us that don't know how to read Qur'an, now make intention in this month of Ramadan, make intention. Make dua, so fervently make dua to Allah, that oh Allah, let me learn Qur'an. There's so many opportunities, especially in our country. Nobody can have an excuse in our country. There's many ulama, there's many hufas, there's many persons who are even prepared to teach you free of charge also. They are prepared to teach, to teach you. We need to take out the time. It is our need. We need to learn how to read the Qur'an. It is our need. We need to make that effort. So let us start for within this month of Ramadan. Try to learn. And it's not difficult. There's many ways of learning. And there's many people that are prepared to teach us also. So let us make it a, uh, what you can say, a, uh, you know, a goal and a maqsad. That inshallah we are going to learn how to read Qur'an. But until we haven't learned how to read Qur'an, at least open the Qur'an. Put your finger on the words of the Qur'an and say that this is the word of my Allah. Hada kalamu rabbi. This, this is the word of my Allah. So that some love and connection with the Qur'an can be, can be created. Also very important is to spend time in making dua. Each one of us to make dua at the time of iftar, at the time of sehri, between the four rakats of the taraweeh during that time and any time during the day. It comes in the hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, at least one dua of a fasting person for the entire day is accepted. So any time during the day, my time might be different from your time, your time might be different from somebody else's time that Allah will accept the dua. It can be any opportune moment during the day that you are fasting and you made a dua to Allah and Allah Ta'ala accepted your dua and you are, you are successful. So we should make dua, we should make toba and istighfar. But remember, toba istighfar will help you for hukukullah, for the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, the gunas and sins that you have committed. But when it comes to hukukul ibad and the rights of your fellow Muslim brother, then that then day you have to fulfill the rights. It has become so common that people don't pay the debts. People don't want to pay the debts. 
They don't want to fulfill the, the rights of the next fellow Muslim brother. They have usurped the rights of others. You have come into some partnership, one partner took down the next partner. He's living a comfortable life, going for Umrah, going here, going there. He hasn't paid his partner. But the businesses, they are taking, uh, what you can say, stock. And they, they're not paying the merchants. They're going for Umrah, they're going for Hajj, they're going here, there. The poor merchants are crying. They haven't paid the, the, the merchants for the goods and the stocks that they have taken. How you expect your du'as to be accepted? You are making somebody cry. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to refuse to perform the janazah of a person who had debts on his head. One janazah was brought. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked, does this person have any debts? He says, yes, he owes two dinars. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, somebody else performed the janazah. So immediately one sahabi came forward and said, I take the responsibility. I take the responsibility. I'll pay this. So then Nabi Wasallam performed the janazah. And then the one riwayat in the one hadith that I just read, it is mentioned there that after a, few, after a day or two, Nabi Wasallam asked the person, did you pay the two dinars? He said, yeah, Rasulullah, you only passed away yesterday. In other words, he's still going to pay. Nabi Wasallam didn't say anything. After a day or two, he asked him, did you pay? He said, yes, I paid it. He says, now the skin of your brother has cooled. From the fire, from the fire in the cupboard. Because until the person remains uh, suspended, his entrance into Jannah remains suspended because of the debts that he have on his head. Once in a battle, the Sahaba were out in the path of Allah. One Sahabi came to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi and he said, "Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi if I go out now and I fight and I become shaheed, will I go into Jannah?" He said, "Yes, but yes, you will go into Jannah. The shaheed goes into Jannah." But as he was walking away, Nabi Wasallam calls him back. And he said, Jibreel Amin came to me now and he said that you will go to Jannah unless you had a debt on your head. If you had a debt and you were owing someone money, until the debt is not paid, you will be deprived of Jannah. So let us become particular about this. There are many persons that are taking loans, taking goods, taking this, and they don't care about paying. They're having fancy lives, pulling out new new cars, uh, very, what you can say, fancy weddings, etc. And they are not paying the creditors, they are not paying the merchants, etc. So remember, when it comes to making dua, toba, istighfar, your gunas and sin, perhaps on the one side, will be washed away. But the hukukul ibad, for that you will still be taken to task. You have to fulfill the rights of our Muslim brothers. So this month of Ramadan, let us make toba, fulfill the rights of others. And on the day of Eid, we must be very careful. Person come and say, make maaf, make maaf. He might be making maaf in his mind. He's asking you to make maaf for what he owes you to. So don't make maaf just like that if you're not going to make him maaf for the debts that he's sitting with. Some people think I went and I shook his hand and I said make maaf and he shook his head. So everything is forgiven. That's not forgiven. You still have to pay the man. Don't, uh, we mustn't become technical and thinking that we will get away with it. Because on the day of Qiyamah we will have to answer for it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wan alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.